Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You made it to church this morning. Do you know how many odds you got over? You don't even know. And there's a whole lot of things God did for you to make sure that you're here. You know why? Because He loves you and He's got something on His heart for you and He wants to get that from His heart to yours. So that's going to happen this morning. I praise God for your presence here. I praise God even more for God's presence here for the, for the fact that we worship a living Savior, a Savior that is present, a Savior that is living, a Savior that understands where we're at, what we're going through. Some of you have had a hard week, heavy week. There's been people in and out of hospital, panic attacks. There's been uh, some, some uh, fairly scary rushes to hospital. There's also been some travel. There's also been, been some people who have uh, been gotten through exams or gotten results this past week. So there's been a lot of highs and lows. And I'm sure that you're a little emotionally tired. Am I kind of close? Yes? No? Let me ask the Spirit of God to refresh us. This worship was beautiful. Thank you, Pastor Justin. Dr. Pastor Reverend Knight Justin from Malapasta. <laughs> But Jesus, thank you so much that when we come into your presence, it's not another duty we fulfill. In fact, it's like stopping at the petrol station. It's like getting under the tap. It's like getting refreshed and renewed. And if people don't know that experience, if they don't know church to be a place where you get filled rather than a place you get emptied and drained, Lord, would you stop that today? Joining us online, there are several all around North India. And through the day, people will join us, Lord God. I pray your blessing on every home, everyone that has sought with a spiritual hunger to want to grow. I thank you, Lord God, for the groups, the individuals, and the churches that are going to join us all across India and other parts of the world with the 40 days of saturated emphasis on our prayer life, on our friendship, deepening our friendship with God. I want to thank you, Lord God, for that. And I want to thank you that even though they're not here with us in our church, that they can be with us online and that they, their hunger has reached us. I, I want to thank you for giving us the honor to serve them. Even more, the honor of those uh, of serving those who have actually made it here today. So Lord, release a, an anointing of your peace and of your joy and of your wisdom, of your discernment Father God, for the week ahead, give refreshing and strength and forgiveness and, and, uh, and, and healing for what has gone past this past week. We ask all this in the one name that you have given to us through which we have access to the very throne of God, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. A lot of announcements, a lot of announcements, so I don't want you to miss it. I want to be like a little bit of a news anchor, make sure that you get everything, but we have lots of stuff for you. So before we get started, I wanted to make sure that uh, I get that to you. Most important is the sermon notes. Do you have the sermon notes? Most important is the sermon notes. That looks like this. If you don't have one, just raise your hand, somebody will come running to you and get it. We're going to need some uh, notes up in front. This is what a pen looks like. You'll need that as well. <laughs> and for the 40 days of prayer that begins tomorrow, let me say something to clarify. This is not, a, not 40 days of praying. You should pray every day all your life. So this is not 40 days of praying. 
This is 40 days of focus on my prayer life to revisit my prayer life, my connection with God. You know, sometimes you think, oh, you know what? I remember that friend. I remember that that uh, that cousin or someone. You think, I need to call them. I need to talk to them. Why do you say that? Because you feel that a, lo a loss of communication has kind of dropped the intensity of the relationship. Are you with me? So you feel, I need to get in touch with them. I need to spend some time. And we use that phrase a lot. We need to catch up. We need to spend some time. Why don't we do that? Because we feel that the intensity of the relationship has dropped. And in spending time and talking a little bit more, we might just bring that up. That's the same thing we want to do with God. There are some who have never had an intense conversation with God and an ongoing habitual conversation. There are some who have had a great and want to take it to the next level. 40 days will help everyone. Okay? So, here's what we're covering over the next 5-6 weeks. All the topics are there. Pick up a card and that gives you uh, kind of the overview. That also works as, a, as, a, as an invite. You can give it out to others. Here's an invitation to, the, to next week's actual message. We at Covenant Life invite you to our Sunday gathering, 22nd of July at 11 a.m. L15 Green Park. So it's an actual for this one. We make separate ones for Noida, and uh, and we give it out there separately. Uh, we've redesigned the the card. This card is very important to us. It's not a false card where we just kind of fill it out and put it in some box somewhere at the back. This means a lot to us. And this time we've redesigned it so that the top, the bottom over here is where you can give us your feedback, how you felt about the service, a new person coming here, or something you want us to change, you want Pastor Jerry to grow some hair, some whatever, you know, whatever the Lord tells you, you can put it up there. If you also have a prayer request, you could put that out over, over there. And if you flip it, you've got also uh, check boxes that you can say, it's my first time in Covenant, um, and how you felt about it, I've made a decision to follow Jesus, then we'll follow up with you on that, kind of those, those. You've seen this before, but we've redone it so that it actually has a perforation here. It actually has a perforation. Is that cool? So the perforation then tears off and you give that to us. You keep the top two. And the top two basically works up like a like a business card. Okay, it works like a business card. So you can give this out. You can give this out or you can keep it. You know, anytime people ask for the directions to your church, it's very difficult. A green park here at 15 and then you've got the you know the main road wait 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 don't look so and so, nobody <laughs> I visited Covenant Life and was blessed because and you fill it. I didn't want to put words in your mouth. I mean I could, but I didn't want to do it. So you and then you say, I recommend this church to you. Go there, they are making sense, they love you, they are warm, they are sinners to the core, and they recognize the power and the grace of God, so you'll be comfortable there. And sign it your name. Not anybody else's name, you don't sign it. You can take that. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> so those are there. It's been perforated by an AK-47. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, these are the first ten, the first seven days, the first chapter of the Purpose Driven Life book. The Purpose Driven Life has sold more than 120 million copies in several like more than 80 languages. It is the most highest-selling book in history after the Bible. 
translated the most languages after the Bible, and this has really helped a lot of people. So sometimes instead of giving a Bible, you can give this because there's formulae, some verses in a row to be able to explain what is the purpose of my life. It's a great tool for that. And your parking sticker, so that your parking is free, and your lunch if you're hungry. More important than anything is this, this beautiful journal. I, I found a guy who reproduced it exactly with color and everything. Amazing. And it's a journal for every day starting tomorrow. It has the notes for the small group material. So you watch the video, which your small group reader will have. And then the notes are right in here. And then it's got a few uh, empty lines to take notes for Sunday morning. It's got a whole lot of past, uh, prayer helps on prayer. It's got journalism. It's beautiful, beautiful. Uh, uh, material put together. We've copied it exactly and this will cost you 500 rupees. Here's what you could do. You could always buy it for a friend as well. You know, so you buy, buy for yourself but buy it for a friend as well. And it's right there on the table. Don't just pick up one and leave 500 rupees there. Jonathan over there will be with that table at the end for you to do two things. Number one, join a small group because we're going to do this together. Not in rows but in circles. You know the difference? Not in rows but in circles, not in, uh, not in uh, ceremony but in relationships. So you're going to join and let him know that you need to be in a small group, let him know where, which part of Delhi you are at and he'll help you with that. And then the small group leaders or you can buy your own small group uh, material and you can pick it up provided you're in a small group. Please don't just pick it up and say I will do this on my own, just God and me. I don't even know why people think like that. It's, it's just so, uh, so ineffective. All right. Everybody ready for the word? Yes? yes? Okay, we're waiting for the last few people to come in. Now that they're here, we can move on. Very good. We are actually in week two. We're actually in week two, but we're starting the 40 days tomorrow because I wanted to get you guys started for a week. I'm very excited about this. Very excited about these next uh, six weeks. In fact, it's going to go for a few more weeks with some of the others. Justin, Pastor of, uh, tell, tell us why you're doing it. Tell us why, stand up and tell us other people you. Tell us why you're doing it. You're a pastor in Allahabad, Hindi, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm pastoring a, a church in Allahabad. It's called Pratanikitan, mostly Hindi speaking people. Uh, a lot of new believers, non believers coming in. And uh, prayer is, is like a backbone. You know, we just can't do without it. And we need to keep revisiting, keep re understanding, keep revitalizing our prayer life. And I believe that 40 days of prayer is going to do that for myself as an individual, for my family, and for my church. That's what we're doing. Excellent. Last week, Jonathan Paul was with us leading worship. He went back with, with Stephen, who was playing the drums. He went back to Dehradun, and he found a group of 30 women who speak in Hindi near Jolly Grant Airport, Dehradun. And they're going to start a group, and they're going to join us in Hindi. And then he's starting a group in a cafe, where they're already meeting with a few people, 20 people, and he's starting, and he's going to go through the campaign with us. Stephen has got 15 people in another part of Dehradun and he just Dehradun got 65 people. And then there are groups, other parts of Delhi, other parts of India, other parts of the world, they're going to be with us and we'll give you reports on, uh, on that too as we move along. So you're not the only one doing it. God is moving, God is at work and you are part of it. Say hallelujah. You are part of something God is doing. You are part of something big. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. So welcome to the 40 days and prayer is a huge, huge subject. It's something that many people don't understand, but everybody does. Everybody does. 
everybody prays. Even atheists pray. When they stumble and they land up in the middle of the road and the truck is about to kill them, suddenly they don't say, oh, no one. They say, oh, God. Even atheists pray. Quietly, quietly, without telling you, they pray. I'm telling you. Everybody prays and they find different ways. The heart has been wired to pray. Our creation, our creator wired us as, as prayerful human beings. So that desire to connect, that desire to be at one, that desire to be in tune is there. Every culture prays to something or to someone. Every atheist prays to something or someone. So why? Why do we do that? Because it makes us human. It makes us human. We have been made in the image of God. We've been made relational. We've been made communicative. And we've been made for a relationship. So God created like no other creation prays. No other creation prays. Animals, plants, all animals. We're wired for prayer. Look at what Ecclesiastes 3.11 says. God has planted eternity in the hearts of man. God has planted eternity in the human heart. Can you see that? Is it in your notes as well? God has planted, no it isn't. But God has planted eternity. That means deep within you there is that hunger to connect. There's the desire to, for your life to be beyond your death, beyond this 70, 80, 90 years. You want to be part of something bigger that God is doing. Another thing that is in common is nobody's really good at it. Have you noticed that? Have you ever met an expert? At worst, at worst, people say, oh, me so and so, he or she is a very prayerful person, very. But nobody says, I'm not a doctor. The jail, salt campus, not a doctor in prayer, not on an institution. No, no, nobody's good at it. Everyone in this room, if asked honestly over a cup of coffee, would say, I need to tweak it up a little. I need, to, I need to brush it up a little. So we're all in the same boat. Even Paul himself considered himself to be a novice in prayer, a novice in that connection with God. Romans 8 verse 26, he says, we don't know even what to pray for. We don't know what we're supposed to be talking about. Nor how we should pray. And then he says the Spirit of God helps us. The disciples, even the disciples say, Lord, teach us how to pray. We don't know what to pray. And the Lord taught them the Lord's prayer. <laughs> so God doesn't want talking to him to feel so difficult. Can I tell you that? God doesn't want a simple thing like communication with him to be that difficult. It's not that difficult. And the reason why we feel prayer is difficult or why we feel kind of frustrated in our prayer life is because of the misconceptions about prayer. The misconceptions about prayer. So many fairy tale ideas, so many different ways of doing it. Everybody writing a book on prayer. There are thousands of books on prayer. If you hit prayer in Google, you get more than 136 million results. Everybody's got an idea of what prayer is. And those misconceptions is what makes it really confusing and difficult for us. I'm just waiting for everybody to settle on back there. Because I want everybody in on this. Because once the Spirit of God takes over, He's going to get something through to us. I know for a fact. 
Fred is not a magic wand. Have you watched any fairy tales? Frozen? Fred is not a magic wand. And you take that and you, you do the hocus pocus thing, Africa and God, and God is like, whoa, you pick up a wand. Fred is not a magic wand. It's not a magic bottle, it's not a Aladdin with a little lamp, and you're there and you're five times rubbing away. I don't think so. That God will come out for every desire. Mahabita, what do you want today? <laughs> it's not a secret sort of an incantation with, you know, there are code words, code phrases. Because when you say those phrases, then God is like, that's a real one coming up. <laughs> we feel that there are certain ways to, to kind of connect with God. Like there's a, and then when you hear other people praying in a certain kind of a way, a language, a method, you know, that was a spirit-filled prayer. They make statements like that. You know, that was an anointing. Okay, okay, if you, have, if you think so. That's weird. It's not a magic wand. Prayer is not a fire extinguisher. That whenever something goes wrong, whenever something blows up, you're like, oh God, oh God, and then you take that out, and you <laughs> It is not a fire extinguisher. It's not a go-to glass, break the glass, grab the thing, grab the fire extinguisher, put it out. Does it work sometimes? Yeah. That's what throws us off. That's what throws us off. So just because God is merciful and answers you in a crisis, you'll be, achha, till next crisis. Thank you very much. Prayer is not a tug of war with God. Sometimes he wins, sometimes you win. Sometimes he wins, sometimes you win. And you begin to bargain and barter with God. You begin to get into that little, you know, sort of another thing. You start begging and then you walk away, then you humble yourself and you come back in. <laughs> or if it's on the red light, uh, not the red light, right, but you know, the, the crossing there, and you're dealing with the cops and you start bribing and you say, okay, I'll give you this, you give me this. You give me this, you let me go and I'll, I'll give you this. Prayer is not bribing God. Prayer is not a type of war with God. I'll tell you one more thing it is not. Prayer is not a ritual. Prayer is not a ritual to relieve guilt. Did you do it one? He prayed for it? It's done. It's covered. It's a very religious, ceremonious, pseudo spiritual sort of perspective on prayer. No, it is not. It is not a ritual to relieve guilt. Right. So let's dive in and quickly go through this, but I want to, you know, share my heart with you through some of these uh, thoughts and moments as we go forward. Here are four foundational truths about four foundational truths about prayer. To see prayer in a different way, to get a fresh perspective on prayer. This is one of the beginner's guide to prayer. If you're getting started, if you're getting started again, here's a beginner's guide to prayer. Write this down, number one. God loves for me to talk with him about anything. God loves for me to talk with him about anything. If you don't have a pen, ask for it. Just raise your hand and somebody will get your pen. We need pens, guys. God loves for me to talk with him about anything. It doesn't have to be a religious topic. It doesn't have to be a heavenly topic. It doesn't have to be something that only God is interested in. God loves to talk. I want your attention. I want all of you to really give me your heart this morning. This is beautiful. The fact is that God 
wants you to talk to him about anything? When is it that you want someone to just talk to you when you love that person? Isn't that true? Isn't that true? When is it that you're willing to just sit and listen to anything that somebody has to say? Who could that somebody be? It's somebody you love. Somebody you care about. Somebody whose any opinion whatsoever matters to you. If you're interested in something, then God is interested in it too. So why is God interested in anything and everything that you see, you think, you go through? Answer, because He loves you. Because He loves you. When you love somebody, that's when you're willing to do that. And He gave you those interests. Did you know that? You have an interest in cars. You have an interest in the stars. You have an interest in music. God gave you that interest. So when you say, I don't want to talk to God about it, doesn't mean that He may not be interested in it. You don't understand that God made you that way. Psalm 103 verse 13. The Lord is like a father to His children, tender and compassionate to those who reverence Him. You know that babies are loved deeply before they can talk? Babies are loved deeply before they can talk. And parents long for the day when they will begin to talk. And then you long for the day when they will. <laughs> God loves you deeply, whether you pray or not. Did you hear me? God loves you deeply, whether you pray or not. Some of you feel so guilty, you haven't been talking to God, you haven't been praying. God must be really distant from me. God's not distant from you, you're distant from God. But He does want you to grow up and begin to start talking to Him. Learning to pray is like learning in another language, learning a new language. How do you learn a new language? You learn the vocabulary, you start practicing, you start speaking it in private, then you start speaking it in public, and before you know what, boom, you learn the new language. Prayer is like a new language. You begin somewhere, get moving, get started. Start with a sentence, start with one word or one sentence prayers. There's nothing off limits in terms of talking to God. Look at this verse with me, please. We can be confident, 1 John 5, we can be confident in approaching God, knowing that He listens to us. Can you underline that if it's already underlined? Underline it again. We can be confident. For what? Knowing that He listens to us. The problem with our prayers is not that God is not listening, but that He is listening. Oftentimes. And since we know that He hears us, when we make our request, then we can be sure that He will answer us. So pray with no fear, pray with no hesitation that God is actually listening. God loves it when you talk to Him. I want you to leave this place with that certainty. I want you to leave this place with that new belief, this new conviction that God, no matter what my situation has been, no matter how warm I have been towards Him or not, God loves me. God is interested in my prayer. God is willing to listen to me. He hears me. Prayer is a conversation. It is not a ceremony. It is not something you perform before God. It is a conversation. It is not a monologue where you deliver the prayer. Send a prayer up for me. Send a little prayer here and a little prayer there. It is not something you just send up to God and then fingers, toes and eyes crossed, hope that something works out. Like when you send a courier or something like that. It is a conversation, and conversations build relationships. It's a relationship, not a ritual. 
It's a relationship, not a ritual. So when you sit and talk to God, when you pray, what are you doing? You're spending time with a person. Got it? You're spending time with a person. You're not doing some religious thing. You're spending time with a person. If you were talking to another person, I can say, what are you doing? So I'm talking to you. So immediately everything should make sense. When you are praying, you're spending time with God. And everything that has to do with your relationship with God starts and ends with your conversation with God. It's not a monologue, it's a both way. It's a both way. So here's the thing, let's get clear. Is prayer boring? If prayer is boring, if prayer is boring to you, you have misunderstood the point of it. And you are talking about the wrong things. When does a conversation get boring? When you're not talking about interesting things. When you're not talking about things that matter to you. When you're not telling things that are relevant to you. Have you ever noticed that sometimes when you're like having a conversation, it's a long conversation, you're looking at the watch, it's taking forever, and you know it's just getting long and long, and you're like, when is this going to end? You're waiting for that comfortable pause in which to exit. You know, and as you exit, that person comes up with that one thing that you're excited about. And there you go. And the conversation goes on for another two hours. And it went from very boring to very interesting. Why is prayer interesting? Because you're talking about what you want to talk about. You're talking about what matters to you. You're talking about what is important to you. That's when prayer gets interesting. Prayer matters to God. Prayer matters when you talk about the things that are matter that matter to you. So see it as a privilege. See it as something that God has given you as a gift in order to talk to him. Talk to him on daily basis. Jeremiah chapter 29, you know this passage. It's a beautiful old favorite of ours. 11 and 12. I have good plans for you. Not plans to hurt you. I will give you hope and a good future. Then you will call my name. You will come to me and you will pray to me. And what will I do? I will listen to you. I will listen to you. Write down a second truth. Write down a second truth. Now the second thing is, God listens to prayer that are sincere and simple. God listens to prayer that are sincere and simple. A lot of the times why we don't get into a lot of prayer is because we are familiar with other people who pray in gibberish. We just don't know what they're saying. And we think that they have to pray like that for God to feel pleased or get his attention. Is that right? It needs to be simple, it needs to be sincere. You don't have to put flowery speeches, you don't have to put fancy phrases. There is no particular language for prayer. When a baby starts crying, the mother listens. Correct? Is there a particular way of crying? Is there particular words? Is there particular No, then he mother listen. Why? Because that's her child. Why will God listen to you? Because you are his child. But it's been very not. Then you are his child. But I don't know how far it is. You are his child. He cares more about you than he cares about the things you have done and how far you've gone and the thoughts you have thought and the things you have seen. Those are things he can deal with. What he can't deal with is with you not wanting to talk to him because you think you are not worthy. Why will God listen to your prayer? Because you are his child. Who said you are his child? He said. Deal with it. Some of us just can't deal with the fact that we are loved and we belong to God. We can't deal with it. 
We want to negotiate that on a daily basis based on our performance where God wants you to deal with your position in Christ. His forever. His forever. God listens to prayers that are sincere. Come to Him with the simplest of hearts. You've never prayed before? Or you've not had a prayer before? Start somewhere. Oh God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why this happens to me. I don't know why she talks like that. I don't know what's going to happen in office today. You just start talking like you talk to a normal person. But when you talk to God, you wait for a response. And his response is not going to come audibly. It's going to come inspirationally through his word. So open your Bible and wait for him to talk back to you. People have embellished their prayers. And they, they pontificate. And especially when you pray in front of people, it becomes so, you know, I don't know what word is, sanctimonious. And they go into King James because God doesn't know. He doesn't understand the new things, even though he originated it. Thousands of languages the Bible has been spoken into. You can read the Bible in any language and you can pray in any language and God gets it immediately. So there is no particular English slant of the language. Thou, Lord, you go up and you go down. People are falling apart. Teenagers are leaving the church. Children are cutting themselves. What is going on? Why? Because you don't understand the sincerity and simplicity that the Father is looking for. If my son came to me at the age of three years old, and he stood before me, not came into my arms, but stood before me at a fairly comfortable distance, and he began by saying, Father. <laughs> That's it. He just said, Father, I would freak out. I would know that something is deeply wrong here. I'd be like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What happened? What's wrong? No, if he comes, jumps in my lap, that sounds a little bit more familiar. That sounds a little bit more familiar. The simplicity of a child is what God hates hypocrisy. Look hypocrisy. Look at what he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. 5, 6, 7, 8. When you pray, do not be like the one. Hypocrites. Get a group on their own, actually. Do not be like them, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues. Ooh, that's not a posture you want to pray. The posture in the synagogue is on your face, brother. That's how you pray. Standing in the synagogue and just saying you're bigger, better than everybody else. He says, on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they receive their reward in full. Instead, when you pray, go into your room, close the door. Pray to your father who is in secret, who is in unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you in public. And when you pray, do not go keep babbling. That's a nice word. Certainly. Certainly. Because we do that. We babble. We babble. Because a lot of the times we just hope you know, God understands. Maybe because of many other God understands. <laughs> I don't know what I'm praying for, but you God understands. We babble all of Look at that. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you, and when you pray, do not keep babbling on and not on like pagans, for they think they will be heard. Look at this, look at this, look at this. They will think they will be heard because of their words. Don't be like that. For your father knows what you need even before you ask him. So the talk is not about information, it's about intimacy. So don't use prayers to show off. Nobody's impressed by that. 
Be sincere. Don't just spout off cliches. Take cliches out of your prayer. Remove the repetition. Repetition. Even the name of the Lord Jesus. Even though we say Father God or Lord Jesus or our dear Lord Jesus, but you repeat that over and over again, it's it's chanting. It's chanting. It's dangerous. If I said Yo, your name 50 times while I was talking to you, you'd freak out. <laughs> if anybody repeats any word, we start making fun of that. What if they repeated your name over and over again? You know? like that. And remember, we are not a chanting faith, we are a singing faith. We are not a chanting faith, we are not a singing faith. Chanting is to empty the mind. Singing is to fill the heart. Stay humble and you will stay uh, in God's presence. Okay, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22. Let us come near to God with a sincere heart and a short faith. Let us come here about the sincere heart and show. Write number three down. Write number three. Number three is beautiful. Oh, I love this. Number three and number four just gets close to the heart. God likes to show his grace by answering prayer. Oh, that's good news. God likes to show his grace by answering prayer. Every time God answers a prayer, I'll wait for you to finish it. God likes to show his prayer, his grace by answering prayer. With every answer, God shows that he is a good, good father. Every answer to prayer is a connect. It's an answer. It's an answer from heaven. If you spoke to the sky and the sky spoke back, that's an answer. And that should freak you out. Because that's not normal. When you talk to God and God answers, that should enlighten you. Because that's not everybody's honor. You actually get an answer from God. And when you get an answer from God, it means He's a good, good Father. He shows His grace. He shows His love for you in the way. Does a loving parent give a child everything they ask for? Does a loving parent give a child everything they ask for? No, they don't. So even no is an answer. But it is an answer. And when God answers no, more often than not, that answer is probably more gracious than the answer yes. When my son at 10 wants a car and I say no, is that a good answer, a gracious answer, or is that a bad answer? It's a gracious answer because it's not good for him. It's not ready. He's not ready. And I know him and I know what's good for him. And I begin to answer in accordance with no is an answer. And the problem is we can't take no for an answer. So what do we do? We change our theology and think God is not listening. No, no. He doesn't. He said no. He said no. And no is an answer. And we can't take no for an answer. So we repeat the prayer over and over again. And God punishes us. God punishes us by letting us have our way. Does a loving parent say no? Does a loving parent give everything they want? No, they don't. God is like that. Sometimes God says no for your protection. Write that down. Sometimes God says no for your protection. Because what you're asking for is dangerous for you. It will get you into trouble. It will cause more harm than good to you. Sometimes God says no for your correction. 
for your correction because you're going off track. And by saying no, he puts you back on track. Sometimes God says no for your direction because you're going in the wrong track. For you, you need to you need to understand the direction of your life. You need to understand that these decisions are going to shape the future of your life. Once upon a time, I liked a girl a lot. I was about four or five. No, I'm kidding. I was, my, I was in my twenties. I was in my twenties, early twenties. I liked a girl a lot, and I was praying a lot. And I got other people to pray. Every all the prayerful people in my church, I got them to pray about. And God said no. As you know, I did get married, and I have an amazing son, an amazing wife, but had I not known, or had he given me what I wanted, I wouldn't have seen and known Gabriel, and I wouldn't have seen and known Zerino, and I wouldn't have seen and known that God's way. I see her on Facebook now and then. He says, no, that's gracious. That's gracious. Sometimes God says no for your inspection. <coughs> Introspect. Lord, am I right with you? Is there anything in my life that needs to be changed? Is there anything in my life that shouldn't be there? Sometimes God answers no because of that. But Jeremiah 33 3 says this. Call to me and I will answer. Because it's a no even, but I will answer you. I like that. That God Almighty is guaranteeing you an answer. Even a government agent will not guarantee you an answer. Even an embassy will not guarantee you an answer. No king on this earth will guarantee you an answer. But God Almighty says, you call on me and I will answer. And even my no's are more gracious than somebody else's yeses. Sometimes the answer is a bigger perspective. It says, no, I'm saying no because I want you to see what God has in store for me. Let me give you an example. If you being imperfect and sinful parents know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask? James says, you do not have because you do not ask God. You do not have because you do not ask God. What do you not have? You don't have peace of mind. You didn't ask God. You don't have discernment for the decisions you make. So you make decisions, it gets you in trouble, and now you're overstretched, overspent, overworked. There are things you need, you don't ask, God doesn't give. And then you say, prayer doesn't work. Let's go to number four. Let's go to number four. Number four says, God longs to be close to you. God longs to be close to you. There are inspirational messages and there are informational messages. The, today we're talking about something that you can learn, go home and chew. You're going to get into small groups and talk about this. And this will radically alter your life. Here's a huge truth. God longs to be close to you. Do you know that? Do you know that? God longs for you to be close to Him. I long for you to be close to Him. And sometimes He and I long for it more than you long for it. Sometimes we are praying for you long before you are praying for your own spiritual life. And many of you are answered to prayer. You're sitting here in the seats today. You're listening to my voice today because you are an answer to our prayer. God wants you there close to Him. We want you there close to Him. And today you are getting close to Him. Somebody's been praying for you. 
God wants to be close to you. He has a greater desire for you than you have for him. Just the way a parent and child works. Just the way a parent and child works. And he says that God is waiting for you to talk to him. He's never busy, never too, inter never too uh, busy, never too uh, occupied to hear your voice, to hear you talk to him. Look at what Isaiah 30, 18 says. These are verses you should go home and meditate on. Isaiah 30, 30 verse 18. The Lord, what does it say? What? Are you serious? Are you serious? Can you walk into a minister's office or, or any important person on the face of this earth and they will say to you, I'm glad you came. I was waiting for you. No chance. Only mommy says that. <laughs> Only your mother says that. And maybe dad. Sometimes. But no authority on earth. But an authority in heaven says, I'm waiting for you. I'm longing for you to come and talk to me. I'm longing for you to come and talk to me. I want to hear what you have to say. But you say, but God knows all things. He already knows my heart. He already knows everything. God knows. Can't even say that anyway. Now it's God, G, O, K. God only knows. It's a, it's a short form. It's only an SMS. Nobody was it. Let's get to heart, uh, the heart of this. God is waiting for you to talk to him. And he is not busy. And he wants to hear your voice. Isaiah 30 says, the Lord waits for you to come to him. So he can show you, read it loudly. So he can show you his love and compassion. So that he can show you his love and compassion. Why is God waiting for you to come? You know what you think? You think he wants to punish you. You think he wants to make you feel guilty. You think he has a few things to correct in your life. You think that God and, he, and you always is going to be like you and your dad maybe. Or like you and your maths teacher. Or like you and your tuition teacher. Or like you and your coach. It's always going to be a drama. It's always going to be conflict. It's always going to be correction. And you're just going to be nothing. They're going to be everything. You're going to be wrong. They're going to be right. That's your experience. Therefore you think God is waiting to do that to you. God is not. God is not. God is not. God is not. He didn't send Jesus to the cross to shed every last drop of blood, to write a new covenant, a new promise to you, a new love note to you in blood. He didn't do that so that he can call you into his presence and make you feel like rubbish. He calls you into his presence for you to be loaded up by these two things. Read it. So he can show you his love, so he can show you his compassion. What does God want you to come into his presence for? He wants to unload his love on you. He wants to love on you. He wants to fill you with his love. And, the, and, the, uh, and Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, he says that we may be filled to the fullness of Christ. He says that we may know the length and breadth and depth and the full dimension of the love of Christ. That we be rooted in his love, so completely saturated and complete in him that you know what saturated means? Saturated means you're so full you can't soak up anything else. And when you're so full of God's love, you're saturated with God's love, you don't need, you don't want, you don't depend on anybody else's love. In fact, if they squeeze you, what's going to come out? God's love. The Lord wants you to come to Him so He can show you His love and His compassion. Some parents know the pain When a child can't talk to you, 
I remember Gabriel was six months old. It was two in the morning. He was going blue with fever. I called up Brother Sam Silas, who interviewed a lot of few years ago. Got up Brother Sam said, what do we do? And he told us about the, and when you're first parents, you don't know anything. And your first child is everything. By the fourth child, you will let him sleep. Then you're okay. <laughs> Close the door. He's crying too loud. But the first kid, the first kid, usually they go blue, you get one. They go green, you get one. Anything happens, you get one. Have you eaten five meals a day? First kid, first kid. And there he lay, six or four months or something like that. He was turning blue. And he was smiling. And he was blue. I don't know, he's an un 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 unending happiness, you know, with all those children. And mom was there, dad was there, we both were sitting there, you know, and I was... He couldn't tell me what he wanted. He couldn't talk to me. I couldn't... I couldn't know what he was feeling. And at that moment, anything he would ask me on the face of the earth, three in the morning, I'd have gone and gone for it. I went out. Actually, that night, I went out in the middle of Patpatans looking for a 24-hour, uh, you know, uh, pharmacist. I went out looking for help. I started calling people at 3 I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm the pastor, you need to call me, but I'm calling, I need your help. And then it devastated when a child, when a child can't speak because they're deaf and dumb or whatever. When a child is crippled, when a child has a disease, when a child is unconscious, and the parent just longs to hear that child speak to the parent. Some of you know the parent pain of that. There's another pain when the child won't speak to you. It's not that they can't speak to you, but that they won't speak to you. They've cut you out of their life. They're too angry with you. They haven't forgiven you for something you've done. And now they won't talk to you. And God does that hurt. Oh, that And that's what some of you are doing to God right now. You don't want to talk to him. And you made up some fancy reason why you don't want to pray. And am I, am I trying to make you feel guilty? Yes. Yes. Because what would you say to a teenager who's like, I'm not talking to my dad, I'm not talking to my dad, I'm not talking to my mom, I don't want to talk to The way she's saying, I'm not going to talk to my mom. What do you have to say to that teenager? That's what I feel like saying to you. That's what I feel like saying to me. When I go for three days without praying, five days without praying, when God feels the same pain the parent feels when your child either can't talk to you or won't talk to you. Maybe today's the day to get started. Maybe today's the day to enter into a relationship with God saying, Lord, you're going to be the one I start talking to and end the day talking to, and you're the one I talk to the most, and you're the one I'm going to hear from the most, and you're going to be my closest friend. That's called salvation. Being restored into a friendship with God. The Bible is full of examples of all sorts of people who walk close to God. Noah would walk close to Job, Enoch, Hezekiah was a king who says he was closer to God than any other kings. Many others were in a close relationship with God. God wants that closeness more than anything He wants from you. Hear me! God wants more of you than anything from you. Look at Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. I don't want your sacrifices. I want your love. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. 
That's the passion. You feel that passion? That's the desire God has for you. And why is it that God has a desire for you? You don't have a desire for God. What's the problem? Get down to the heart of the problem. And I'll tell you what the problem is. It's the will. It's the will. One of the most amazing verses in the Bible is John 15, verse 15. Jesus said, I don't call you servants, I've called you friends. I don't call you servants, I have called you friends. So God presents himself as a, a father. Jesus presents himself as a friend. Dudes, people, this is not a religion. This is not a ceremony. This is not a way of faith or whatever. This is not a school of, of, of philosophy. This is a God who made you, loves you, wants you right back. Where you began. Are you going to treat this casually and just walk away from today? Are you going to say, oh, that was a pretty tough song. Was, uh, what's going to be your attitude? God says, I love you and I want an everyday relationship with you. You're like, oh, that's really nice, God. I'll try and figure it out. I promise. I promise. I'll do my best. I'll try and figure things out. What's going to be your response to me? Some of you have never known God personally. Some of you have never dealt with your sin and said, Lord, I'm a sinner. And until and unless we cover this sin, this debt, until and unless we deal with this, we come face to face, we're not going to be able to go forward. Today, I admit that Jesus Christ died for my sin. Today, I admit that Jesus shed his blood on the cross for my sin. And that with that blood, he wrote a new love letter to me. And he paid for my sin. And my sin does not exist anymore in any planet, anywhere, on any computer, on any hard drive. Because Jesus wiped it out. And today, I admit that Jesus is the one who saved me from the sight and the penalty of my sin. And today, I not only admit that, but I make him out of my gratitude and out of my, uh, my, my thanksgiving, I make him the Lord of my life. And if God, you want to talk to me every day, I'm going to listen to you. If God, you want to love on me and you want to show compassion to me every day, I'm going to come running into your presence. Today, God, I make you the biggest love of my life. Today, I give you my greatest friendship. God, you want to be my friend? Lord, I want to be your friend. Today, start your relationship. Just leave that, that, that lifestyle behind. Leave those friends behind. Leave those priorities and those, all your excuses behind. If you've been sleeping with somebody, stop it. If you've been you know, thinking about nonsense and, 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 and constantly giving your mind and heart to something, just leave it behind. Stop it and move forward. God's willing to cover the whole thing. Right now, God's willing to forgive you completely. Do that. Do that. Make Jesus the love of your life. How do I get closer to God? Two things, desire it and make time for it. Desire it and make time for it. You can want it, but you cannot make time for it. It's not going to work. Psalm 25 14 says, Friendship with God is reserved. Friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence Him. With them, He shares the secrets of His covenant. you got to make it your priority. Make it matter. Put it in your day-to-day -day life. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, draw close to God and God will draw close to you. It's a reciprocity. God does that as you draw close to Him. So God's opened the way and He said, come. But until you take the first step, He's not going to take the first step. When you take one step, He's going to take two steps. He's going to beat you to it. He just wants to love on you. Write this down if you don't have a fill in the blank. The closer I am to God, the closer I am to God, 
the less stressed and the more blessed I will be. The closer I am to God, the, more, the less stressed and the more blessed I will be. Maybe you want to give your life to Jesus today. We use these terms, give your life to Jesus, accept Christ in your heart, start a new fresh with All of it is basically saying one thing. Get back with God. Get back with God. You've done your rounds. You've, you know it doesn't work. Don't waste any more time. Get back with God. If you decided to do that today, if you've made that decision today, you need to tell somebody and you need to help get help with moving forward. Otherwise, you're just going to go right back to the same thing. If you decide to renew your prayer life, the best way to do it is in a small group. As you join a small group, you're going to be part of that. Do that today. And men, I want to spend time with you personally every week. Every man in this room, every man listening to me, I want to spend time with you every week personally. How is that going to work? 6.30 on Wednesday morning. 6.30 a.m. Wednesday morning. Right here, around tables. I want to pour my heart out to you. I want to spend time with you. And I want to teach about being a man of God. About, about being God's man. About a man in ministry, not a ministry to men. I want to show you and go through this prayer thing first for the first six weeks. Then after that, we'll get to the stuff that matters to us guys. And I'm going to give your wife, your future wife, a dangerously good man. I've made that promise. I made that audacious promise in a total dependence on God. Because God has promised me that. But I want to meet with every man here in this place. I don't, I'm not going to let you meet somewhere else and some other. It's, it's not normal. We tried. Last week we tried. Last two, three months we tried. No, no, it's not You come here. And if you, Navin stand up, if you don't, you're not able to make 6.30 on Sunday on Wednesday morning. 6.30 on Wednesday If you're not able to, you got school, you got whatever, please talk to uh, Naveen. Please not see. Please talk to Naveen. He's going to be here. John is going to be there. He's going to be here. He can put you into groups, find out where you are in the in the city, and connect you up, and we'll figure out a way to meet with them separately. But we will meet with every guy. I will spend time with every one of you, and I will pour my heart into you, and I will give you the vision that God has given for our church. I will give you the vision that God has given for you and for your family, and I will serve your heart till you get it. Okay? Ladies, like I said last week, if you're married, send your man. Not with your sarcasm, but with your blessing. Send him for God to do something close in his life. Let me tell you something, wives, ladies. God's not going to make him a good husband through you. But he will make him a good God will make him a good husband to you. That's not through you. Let him go. And God will do his work. With every hand bowed and every eye closed, it's a very solemn moment. People are making decisions to follow Jesus today. Satan's going to lose today. People are making decisions to stop talking to their lovers and to their Facebook friends and to their midnight rendezvous. They're going to stop all of that nonsense. They're going to start talking to Jesus at night. They're start talking to God. You've been wanting love and compassion. God's saying, here I am. That's what I want to give you. You're going to the wrong girl. You're going to the wrong guy. You're going to the wrong thing. I'll give it to you. And what I give you lasts. What she gives you does not last. 
What the world gives you passes away. The peace I give you lasts forever. What is the commitment you're making to God? What is your response to his incredible love? God's invitation to be your father, Jesus' invitation to be your friend. This is a solemn moment and seal it with a covenant, with a decision. Tell your small group and follow through on the small Thank you, Father God, for this beautiful morning. And thank you for what you've done in our lives, for these beautiful thoughts and for Pastor Rick Warren and his ministry through the Word. I thank you, Lord God, for the small groups, small group leaders, and everyone who's committed along with me to ensuring that everyone is carried along and nobody loses out on the blessing of the 40 days of prayer. And in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with each and every one of us through this week and even forevermore. God bless you. I love you to death. Uh, don't come tomorrow, next Sunday, without somebody. Bring somebody. Tell me who you're praying for. We'll pray for them right through the week. And God will do some miracles in our church. May the Lord bless you.